nostalgia, memories, growing up in Central Florida in the 1990s. What a bunch of sappy crap. It's the Sappy Crap Podcast. Starring Steve Bauman and Jarman Day. Welcome to the Sappy Crap Podcast, where the names are changed, but the stories are real. I'm Jarman. And I'm Steve. And we're here to uh, stumble, tumble, and grumble down memory lane. <laughs> That's right. And tell stories that only two longtime best friends can. And this topic, I need to put out a warning because I know our moms listen sometimes. Yeah. And this might not be an episode you want to listen to. You can skip this one if you want to think better of your children. Um, nothing crazy or too salacious, but just, you know, it's, it's gets, it gets personal in this episode. Because this week we're going to talk about our younger days, hopefully our more foolish days, and uh, what I termed being a cad, which is just mistakes with women. Yeah. It's a polite and way of saying being a jerk. the <laughs> foolishness uh, of our youth. Uh, and before we get into this, I just want to put in sort of a disclaimer. The discussion stories about to tell are no way meant to justify or rationalize right. shitty things we did because <laughs> yeah. they were shitty. Uh, most of them came from like deep seated teenage angst and insecurity. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Low self-esteem and just selfishness. Things I've worked through years of therapy about. <laughs> right. And the hope is that by experiencing them and doing these shitty things, that we have changed and are better people now, but that doesn't change the shitty things we did then. Right. And hope you're listening to this. If you're younger, you'll hear the mistakes that we made and not do them because they're not great ideas. <laughs> so, so German, to start out, I'm going to start with a question like I always do. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been on two dates with two different girls on the same day? If by dates, you mean a more broad term of did stuff, then yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Not like too like, oh, we're going out to dinner. Well, I mean, maybe possibly during my like uh, online dating phases that went on and off. I might have gone on two in one day, possibly. Okay. But I, I like can't a nice remember. nice brunch and then a dinner. Yeah, or like a yeah a lunch date and then like a, a wine and, and painting night or something like that. That might have happened. Okay, okay. It's possible. You have? Yes. In high school on Valentine's Day, <laughs> senior year. <laughs> nice. I, not nice. Sorry. Not nice. No, terrible. <laughs> terrible. Um, I remember I, I arranged like three dates on Valentine's Day. Dang. Where I was going to hang out with one girl in the afternoon and then one sort of in like the early evening. And then one of them was working. I was going to come pick me up and then we were going to go to Denny's. <laughs> oh, that Denny's. And that, Romantic. and that was the plan. And I remember the first girl ended up not showing. Hmm. So it didn't end up being three days, but that was the plan. Right. From, from shitty Steve, because I saw it on a sitcom or something. <laughs> it always goes well. Uh, second yeah. date did show up. And then third date was Denny's. <laughs> if I took someone and to that, Denny's on Valentine's Day, they'd probably slap me in the face. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but yeah, that's and I and I don't even remember why I thought it was a good idea or if it was like a power trip kind of thing. Like, I can't remember my rationalization at the time. Only now when I look back and go, God, what an idiot. And I will say off the bat, uh, if you're going to go on more than one date in one day with two different women and you're not in a relationship and you're just on the dating scene, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. It's just a matter of it's not a very good idea because 
you're trying to keep track of two conversations, especially if it's two new women that you don't know, like if you're on the dating sites and you are getting lots of dates or something, you're not going to remember what you said. You're going to be mixing up conversations. It's better to, you know, compartmentalize each person you're trying to date and figure out who they are. And it's not going to work. We talked about this on the flirting episode, but you know, the thing I could have told myself that is don't flirt because you can. Yes. That's a good flirting comes with emotions. It comes with attachment Mm -hmm. and that isn't fair. Something I learned early on same, well, that same lines is that there are women that I was, I've been friends with girls since I was a little kid. And only when later when I became, I guess what would be considered like an attractive guy, then the women that I would always be friends with and joke around with, it became, that's what people did when they flirted. But I was still always used to have a sister. I grew up with my sister, my mom mainly. And then I always had girls as my best friends before I met you. And so I didn't evolve to that point, realizing that that's flirtation. And now these, a lot of women also, this sounds harsh, but who probably didn't get a lot of attention from guys. They suddenly, if any kindness or slightly flirtatious activities I was partaking in made them think I liked them or had affection for them. And when I finally had to say I didn't, they were crushed or they're upset or they're angry. And so, yeah, just be careful with that, as Steve said, because it's you got you got to know what you're doing. You got to be careful with your language and the way you're behaving and not giving off the wrong idea. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I I think about like my journey into this Mm -hmm. and and, and how I sort of started down the road of of the high school cad, as it were. (laughs) And I think it all really started in like the seventh grade. Dang. When I when like I went girl crazy, like that's the best way to put it. I went girl crazy <laughs> and I had crushes on everybody and it would flip, you know, day to day, week to week in the way that only a middle school brain can. <laughs> of course. Um, and I remember I kept asking girls out and getting rejected mm-hmm. like uh, over and over and over. And I remember I just sort of turned it into this shotgun approach. I'm just you had the confidence to ask these girls out. It's awesome. In middle school. That's great. Well, after a while, you just got numb to it. Like that was really what it came down. And that's what I'm talking about. Like the shotgun approach where I was like, if I ask enough, one of them will say, or if I go after enough, eventually math, uh, the, like the law of large numbers will work in my favor. (laughs) And this is how I like rationalize this in like shitty 12 or 13 year old Steve brain. Of course. And this continued on through, you know, early high school where I was constantly flipping girl to girl. And yes, I had a few girlfriends and minor relationships in there, but they all kind of happened by accident, mm-hmm. sort of, or through weird circumstance. Um, yeah, some of those relationships felt like it weren't people you were really pursuing. It's like, well, how, why is Stephen dating this girl? I've never even seen it her just before. Kind of happened, right, right, right. And, that's, <laughs> and that was the result of this like shitty, terrible shotgun approach that I probably hurt some girls with. Realistically. Yeah, they, they always seem like nice girls, but it's like, I've never seen this girl before. Why is he suddenly dating her now? <laughs> it's like that's because she would. <laughs> yeah. And that was all I needed at that point, because I'd been through so much rejection at that point. I gotcha. That it was just it, once again, it was, um, you know, the insecurity and selfishness and uh, and like low self-esteem just sort of all coalescing into this awful strategy. Just yeah, kind awful of strategy. Using their affection for you as some kind of confidence builder, which is never healthy. Yeah, self-assurance. Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly. absolutely what it was. Um, and I remember this all kind of came to a head uh, junior year where I had kept this approach. But for some reason, junior year, something flipped. And so all of a sudden, you know, I would have, I'll say, three or four lines out, so to speak. <laughs> and like three of them would bite. 
And all of a sudden I would be overwhelmed because I had invested in too many places. Right. Too many girls. And then all of a sudden I had, and then I had to figure it out and I was not mature enough to, to do that in any reasonable or responsible way. Oh yeah. And how to handle all that attention at once suddenly. And it's like a, it does build your ego and what do you do with that? And it's a whole mess of emotions and hormones (laughs) going at one time. Oh yeah. And I remember, uh, there was a situation junior year where you were in like the advanced, the advanced drama kid play. And I couldn't be an advanced drama because my schedule didn't work out. Uh So I worked like crew. So I'd come help set up before. And then I went and worked lobby. And I remember I was actively flirting with these two girls at the same time. And one was the backstage crew and was, was the lobby crew. (laughs) And so before show, I would go and really flirt heavy. And I remember we got to the point where we were holding hands and doing like cuddly kind of stuff uh, with this girl who I'll call Kaylee. Um, and then she would stay backstage and work the show and I'd go out to work lobby and then I would flirt and do these amorous things with this other girl, Jess. They're on opposite sides of the stage. So how could it go wrong? <laughs> right. Oh, God, idiot. Um, and I remember eventually Jess and I did start dating and I remember Caitlin was like really hurt, like genuinely hurt. And I did that. And I remember feeling so much shame. Oh, yeah. That's the kicker. The shame. That. That's what kicks in. Um, yeah, yeah, but you know, and then once again, just having too many lines out at once, thinking and like self-convincing that these weren't going to work out, and then when they did, having no option but to hurt somebody. Yeah, and that basically blew up my face in a hard way in college because in high school I was mainly a serial monogamous. Like I wasn't going around dating multiple women at one time, but I was just like you know happy to have these one term one person relationships for long periods of time, and. Then in college, the whole many lines out there is the thing to not, not to do as well, especially when you're in a college situation because you all know each other, hang out with each other. Um, it's not like online dating. We didn't have that back then. And so I'm pursuing one girl this way with calling her, emailing her. I think texting her back then was still a thing with you push the button multiple times to get to the right letter. Um, but back then and then. For a while, it can work when you're actually, you know, on your own in college, you can go around to people's dorms and they won't know what's happening. There wasn't Facebook wasn't a really big thing then either. So there weren't like pictures of what you're doing or checking in or um, pictures of who you're or or your relationship status wasn't a thing. And but eventually I'm in the film department and doing theater department as well. And these people know each other. They talk to each other and eventually it blows up in your face. You're like, wait, you're over here sleeping with this girl and you're also sleeping with me what the hell? So then they both find out they both hate you. And that's just this horrible firestorm that occurs. And, but that's like you said, these insecurities were so strong. I was such a nerd for such a long time, such a skinny little kid and um, never thought of myself as anything as attractive guy until I got to college. Like I thought I was, I wasn't ugly, but then I got to college and suddenly women were like really giving me a lot of attention Especially because I was in theater and mostly there was just gay guys and I was like one of the few. I mean, that, that is true. It's a numbers game. <laughs> yeah, it's a numbers game. And so I didn't know what to do with all this attention and I reacted very poorly. And I just tried to take all the attention I could get and pursue as many women at one time as I possibly could without any of them knowing and playing. And they'd all be in one room at a time at a play and they wouldn't know that about each other. But I know about all of them. And it was very complicated. Like I said before, you don't know whose story you've told to who. Um, what lies you've told each person uh, about where you were the previous night, why you couldn't hang out. And it was, it was terrible. It was a big old mess. And 
it all coalesced. Uh, this involved Stephen eventually, where I was, <laughs> I got into my first serious relationship in college, um, which we'll call, uh, I forgot. Goldie? Goldie. We'll call we her call Goldie. Goldie. Thank you. That's yeah. what we called her before. And she was a wonderful, overwhelming first relationship of that kind of like real love and that kind of thing, which I had somewhat in college and high school too. But this was like our my first adult feeling relationship so off my own. And she was a wonderful person, very intelligent, very funny, very talented. Um, she was studying to become a doctor possibly. And I was off cheating on her left and right all throughout college. And because anybody who could give me a time of day, I'd do it. There was no relationship status. And no one knew for sure if I was in a relationship or not. Um, and eventually uh, in this phase of my life, I go to visit Steven in Seattle mm-hmm. and meet a girl there at a party that uh, we were at. So I don't know what kind of party that was. Maybe a school party or something. Maybe probably a theater kid, but realistically, probably a theater kid party. Uh, yeah. And we'll, we'll call this girl Rockette. Um, yes. <laughs> and a fiery redhead. And she was really funny and really cute. And we had like a little one night stand type of thing. And I get back to college or get back home. I don't remember exactly which, where it was. And I was already sleeping with a few different women at that time. And I find out after I have some burning when I urinate that I have chlamydia from the from the uh, the medical clinic there on campus. And so I at least did the right thing at that point and tracked down every person that I had slept with since I had been with that girl and now found out that I had chlamydia. And so I had to basically a lot of these women I still had on the hook, as it were. They were still like, you know, interested in seeing me again. I had to tell all of them that they might have chlamydia and they have to go get themselves checked because oftentimes the women, they won't always show up as fast with men. They could live inside their body. It could cause problems. So it's a terrible thing to just not tell a woman that she might have chlamydia. Um, but it's also very easily cured. You can get a pill over two days. It's gone. It's just that easy. Um, so a lot of the easiest thing for them to do is whether they test positive or not, just take the, the pill for two days. You're good. Um, but that was a big reality check moment for me in my life out of two of them. And so after that trip to see Steve, which is a fun time, great trip. Um, Ooh, good trip. But then I had to tell all these women hated me that from that point on. Um, and that's also what broke up my relationship with Goldie and also a huge crush that I had in high school. I had hooked up with her that summer. And so I had to tell her that, uh, that she might have chlamydia. And so she had to go get checked and never want to talk to me again. Um, and all these people are often, I remember, I remember that was brutal. I remember that, that was time. really brutal. Cause she was one of my biggest crushes in, in high school as well. Um, and uh, they're all married now and happy, and I'm very happy for them because I did them very badly, and I had such respect for them, but then didn't show any of that respect that I actually had for them by my actions. So I went started therapy then with a, a guy who worked across the Charles River where I went to school in Boston. He worked at Harvard as a psychology professor, and he was awesome. And we went for like, um, I think almost six months and just figuring out like what you said. It stems from insecurity. It comes from instead of taking any woman that throws themselves at you. What woman do you want? Like, go f- stop doing that and focus on what you want and what qualities you want an actual partner. And that helped me kind of refocus myself on that. But it definitely goes wrong later on down the line. But I want to let Steve talk a little bit since I've been yapping on for a bit. Well, I remember my summer that summer, that same summer we're talking about back in Florida. Uh, you know, we'd been at school. We'd been at college away for a year. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd been, you know, chatting with with girls back in Florida, telling them I was coming back into town, a couple of ex-girlfriends, a couple of fling kind of things. And by the time I came down to Florida, I had 
three or four girls on the line, realistically. <laughs> Gosh. Just, just reality. Yeah. Uh, and one of them was someone that I had dated senior year and did care a lot about. Um, and I remember I saw her and then another ex and then some, another random girl. And this all sort of coalesced. And I remember, uh, her, we'll call her Catherine, uh, essentially saying something like, look, I don't blame you. We never said this was going to be exclusive. Uh, and, and me realizing like I had really hurt her. Oh, geez. And she was someone I really cared about. Um, and, but, but once again, just once those reality checks. Yeah. We needed those, you know, flirting has consequences act, you know, those actions have consequences and something I hadn't been hit with up to that point. Yeah, and I think it really talks not to have any kind of excuse for our behavior, but we do live in this culture that I hope is getting better with the next generation that we're expected to be these cads that we're talking about on the title of this episode. And that's a cool thing to do. And like, how many women have you slept with? And meanwhile, women are shamed for, you know, sleeping with more than one man before they, you know, get married. Um, And so I think a lot of that being we're nerds and we didn't have, you know, a lot of opportunity before as soon as we do start getting that opportunity it's like we didn't know what to do with ourselves and kind of just like took every opportunity we could to kind of catch up almost um and oh yeah i'm sure that's how we justified it at the time yeah absolutely and i just think how you know how cool that is that we have these stories but then we have those realization moments like you had with the catherine and me with goldie and what i did to her and it's just like oh my god these actions have consequences these are smart strong women who i've hurt who i could have had a good relationship with um, I remember at the time in college, I was in a, uh, directing a play and this is already back. So I'm the director and these are two of the actresses in my play. And, but they were still fellow college students. And one was this really fiery Texan girl. And the other one was this really sweet, kind Jewish girl. And they both obviously had crushes on me and were very flirtatious. And so basically I was like, I had a, I had a path that diverged to the wood. I could go for the fiery, uh, Texan who was, you know, hot and sexy, or I can go for the really sweet and very pretty and, and kind Jewish girl. And if I had gone that direction, I just feel like one of two things would have happened. I could have gone with a Jewish girl, but happily live her after. And we'd be married with have kids right now, or I would have been with her and then also hurt her as well, which is the more likely thing to have happened. But instead I got with the fiery redhead, not redhead, but fiery Texan. And we were in a seven month relationship where she was angry all the time. She would throw things. She's had all these anger issues. And it was terrible. And I was like, so we were just full of these bad choices because we're in that bad headspace of like, oh, I'll go for the sexy girl. And it's like, but it wasn't worth it. <laughs> no, and that's that's the, that's really the I think the moral of all this is it just wasn't worth it. It's not. Yeah. And I, I think after I had the therapy in college, I got you know comfortable being a good guy for a while but then i got to cnn where i started working with a lot of women and mostly gay men and so a lot of attention was put on me again in that way with my coworkers because like before the pool was pretty small you know so i was sure. in that situation um and i started sleeping around again and forgetting all my therapy that i'd gone through and um i ended up hurting a few women there as well and i became i got a reputation for what i was doing and then I, I met a girl who I was also friends with in high school, we were, who was in drama with us. Um, I started talking to her over the phone while I was in Atlanta. We, we had a, met at DragonCon, re-met at DragonCon, and reconnected. Hmm. And this girl, we'll call her Jocelyn. Um, she, I was, was very into talking to her, and I started, I started falling for her. And um, 
so I wanted to change my ways and, and, and actually decided to move back to Orlando because of my, a variety of reasons, not because of her, but my father was getting sick and I want to change careers. So when I came back to Orlando, I started dating this Jocelyn and we, um, but before that happened, I had come home for a summer and we weren't dating yet. And we were at a party at her house and this other girl there also had affection for me for a long time. And she talked to Jocelyn and said, Hey, uh, how about having a threesome with you and Jarman? And they was kind of known that her and I were kind of dating, but not together. And Jocelyn says, no, I'm, I don't share my men. I'm not going to do that. And so uh, me, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I was a little upset at the time because, of course, I'm like, oh, a threesome could have happened. So then I proceed to then sleep with the, the Jocelyn girl and then leave the party and go to the other girl's house and then sleep with her. And so, of course, these girls were friends at the time and they found out about it and they were they were no longer friends. They were pissed at each other. They were both pissed at me. And I was incredibly upset at myself because I don't know how I managed to be so stupid because I wanted to date this Jocelyn girl and really be with her because she was kind of making me happy and I was falling in love and that kind of thing. So it took about a year after that of me still living in Atlanta and calling her all the time and talking to her and showing real growth and going to therapy again. And she finally, when I finally moved back to Orlando, we did start dating and we're together for three years after that fact. And we ended our relationship very pleasantly. But that incident was another one of those turning point moments where I was like, okay, I've turned into a complete shit bag again, and I need to pull out of this completely. So from then on, I've been, I go to therapy regularly on different occasions at different therapists, and I make sure I don't ever go back to that terrible person I was. And I feel very happy now. And it's so much easier being a one woman man. <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's infinitely less complicated. You get in less trouble. You piss off less people. You make less people unhappy. I mean, I just, I'm so happy the way I am now. So just don't do it, guys. <laughs> Is that the moral yeah, of the story? Legit. <laughs> legit. Just don't do it. Don't do it. You're going to do it. But when you do it, don't say we didn't tell you not to. Yeah. And go have sex when you're in your 20s. Have some good times. Do it ethically. And just don't lie to people. And just be honest and upfront. And if they're not okay with you being saying, I just want to fool around right now and have no, and just be free to sleep around and they're not okay with that, then move to somebody else. Don't lie to them to get into the sack with them and let that happen. So that's just something you need to learn. And uh, yeah, have I said too much? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> nah, I mean, we both talked a lot. We did. I mean, we've had a lot of bad, bad moments, but I think we've had good realization moments too. And that's, I hope we can save people from doing that. Cause that's it, right. It's, it's tough to go through. So in summation, don't do it. We were huge piles of shit. <laughs> yeah. We hope we're not any more huge piles of shit. Yes. I hope not anymore. I've, I haven't felt the, any kind of urge to do that kind of behavior ever again, since that point on, it just completely was life changing. So it, you don't want to get to the bottom to, before you get to the top. So don't, don't go through that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> there you go. So what a lovely, uplifting, sappy crap we had this time. Not around. all the sappy craps are going to be uplifting. That's very true. That's very true. It's got to get real sometimes, as it has in the past. We've had some some real some episodes, you know. That's right. That way. But I guess that wraps up this episode of the Sappy Crap Podcast. That's right. Join us next time as we talk about who knows. Who knows? Just who knows. Might be more uplifting. Might be more saucy. Who knows? But thanks for joining us in this delightful stumble down memory lane. And don't forget the good old days weren't always that good. 
This podcast was brought to you by A Play on Nerds.